to Horrorcore Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we are delving into shitty superheroes month. Yes. All month we're going to be looking at the crappy superhero. There's a lot of them. I mean, in terms of genres, it's jam-packed, isn't it? Yeah. So we... um. Yeah, I mean, this is something I wanted to do because, like Chris said, there is a lot to go through and we've got enough material to keep us going for about another 50 years or so. Um, yeah, I mean, even everybody on social media has been giving us suggestions as soon as they found out we were doing Shitty Superheroes Month. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's on topic, it's on brand with what's going on with release schedules and stuff right now because, I mean, currently you have... The Disney Plus series is going on for Marvel. You know, Loki's going on. Uh, Black Widow is being released uh, tomorrow, if you listen on Tuesday. Uh, of course, The Suicide Squad's being released at the end of the month. So it's something that's, you know, always happening. There's always something new being released within superhero movies, within comic book movies. Um, and, you know, we, we're not here to talk about the good stuff. So... No. Before we're down <laughs> into the trash. And, and these are very much court films in their own right whether whether for the right reasons or the wrong reasons yeah yeah i think to be a comic book or superhero fan at the moment um you you've got it good um because there's a, a sordid history <laughs> yeah um it's definitely it's more mainstream i, I mean let, let's just you know discuss the elephant in the room Comic book films were always seen as quite nerdy. Yeah. Um, but now they're topping the, the box office well, that's the every thing. single time. I mean, back in the day, your comic book films were very much a superhero has some sort of incident, gets powers from it, saves the day, gets the girl, gets the boy, whatever. That's it. That's your superhero film. Now you've got films looking at grief. You've got films looking at, you know, aftermath of what happened. It, you know, they're taking themselves a lot more seriously. But we're going to take you back to 2004, um, set the scene, you know, the year Spider-Man 2, still one of the best Spider-Man films, was released, um, you know, X-Men was in full swing, it's a year after X-Men 2, one of the best X-Men films, uh, Batman Begins was around the corner, uh, you know, Halle Berry had won an Oscar in recent years, and then Catwoman was released. Yes. Directed by Pitoff. The director of Vidoc and Fire and Ice, and also the visual effects guy for Alien Resurrection. Okay. Made on a budget. <laughs> Never heard of them. I was Fire Alien and Resurrection? I- Fire- no, I mean, Fire. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Fire and Ice, is that like an animated film? No. Is it budget. Right, the thing is, he was given that after this, and that looks just as bad. Oh, okay. Um, budget, $100 million. Really? Yeah. And it only made $82.1 million at the box office, which leads me to my first bit of trivia and something I'd like to discuss. At $82.1 million, a flop, of course... This was the highest-grossing female-led superhero movie until Wonder Woman in 2017. How fucking crazy is that? 
Yeah, it sounds more than it is, if I'm being honest. It sounds more than it is. Because can you even name any female-fronted superhero films before Catwoman? That's the crazy part. That's That's the crazy crazy part. part. The fact that I know X-Men had female characters. Some could argue Rogue was maybe a lead character in the first X-Men film. But, I mean... To have, you know, obviously Rogue's part of an ensemble. To have one female superhero on her own leading the film, it's not that difficult. It's really not that difficult. And and that's been proven now with the Wonder Woman films, with Black Widow, with Captain Marvel. Um, you know, it's not... They, they exist. These female superheroes existed. They, you know, these comic books had been going for a very, very long time. But it only took until that point to get a female superhero film, and I think that's ridiculous. It is, it is. Um, and, and Catwoman is a well-established yeah. character. Um, a villain, actually. Um, so it's a bit strange to you as the, the hero. This film does what really pisses me off. And as much as I enjoyed Cruella, it happened in Cruella. This pissed me off because it does that one thing where you have a film... It's supposed to be about a supervillain or a group of supervillains, whatever. And they're made out to be the protagonist. Yeah. But uh, I still... I feel like Cruella is still in keeping with what made Cruella a character within the, you know, the Disney uh, films. Yeah. You know, yeah. what it's kind of stayed true to her character, but did make her a sympathetic yeah. lead. Um, what Catwoman does is completely disregard everything that <laughs> yes. came before it. Yeah. Everything that came before it completely disregarded it, you know. And in fairness, the, the you know, um, good comparison is Black Widow. Mm. Because Black Widow is a fully established character. Yeah. Now, we, we've got it played by the same actress, Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. But a well-established character, a female character um, in comic book history that is finally getting her film by herself. Yeah. And, you know... Like how many years after... How Avengers, many after years? Choosing, it is you ridiculous know. how long it, it took yeah. Black Widow to get her own film. And the question is, is stuff like Catwoman, is, you know, something like Supergirl... Mm. Which was a big box office flop. Yeah. That was the first ever female superhero film. Yeah. So are things like that, are they automatically turning... And they probably are turning around and saying, well, female-led superhero films don't work. And then if you haven't seen Catwoman, you'd be like, oh, yeah, probably. Because how could Catwoman be a flop? Mm. It's Catwoman. It's, you know, a, you know, this great cast. It's Halle Berry. She was... Super hot after James Bond and her Oscar win. Hey, Halle Berry was storming X Men. You know she has already established herself. She was established. You know, comic book film. But then, I watched the film, and realized it had absolutely fuck all to do with a woman being in the lead. Yeah, it was actually to do with the terrible, terrible product being put out there. Yeah. Really, just truly awful. And that is exactly where they were going wrong, in the way that, you know, these are very much films made by men, like female superhero films. Yeah. 
pre-Wonder Woman are films made by men. And then you get to Wonder Woman, the first film, not 1984, <laughs> the first film, and then you get to Captain Marvel, you see that these films are made by women, and you're like, oh shit, this is how it works. This is, you know, this is what they needed all along. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you'll find out soon enough why this film being made by a group of men is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Halle Berry became one of only six actors in history, only five at the time, to possess both an Oscar and a Razzie. After a win for her infamous performance in this movie, she also became the first to accept their Razzie in person, walking out on stage proudly holding both Oscar and Razzie in hand. She gave a short acceptance speech and said, I'd like to thank Warner Brothers for making me do this god-awful piece of shit movie. And it is a great clip if everyone wants to go and watch it on YouTube. It is. And, you know, props to her. Yeah. You know, she did deserve... The thing is, she deserved the Razzie because she is not good in this film. No. But I would put it out there that she had no business ever being... No. Catwoman. <laughs> No business whatsoever. And uh, it's, it's quite... It's quite... Uh, kind of iconic, actually, that both this Razzie win and her Oscar win were both massive pieces of film history for completely opposite reasons. Yeah. I mean, with the Razzie, of course, she was the first to go and get the Razzie and to... You know, she was one of only a few people to win both Oscar and a Razzie. And then, of course, with her Oscar win... She was the first African-American to win an Oscar. Yeah, to win for lead actress. For lead actress. Yeah, yeah. And there hasn't been one since, Hasn't been one since? Um, no African-American actress has won since. Um, and I think, I think if anything, it's a terrible shame that she probably is more remembered for Catwoman yeah. than she is for Monsters Ball. Ball. Yeah. You know, and it's a, a real fucking shame. That's the thing. I mean, with her being in the lead role, you're fucking Sharon Stone in this, but if you mention Catwoman to anybody, the first thing they'll say is the Halle Berry film. Halle Berry. Straight away. But you can also, and like I was saying, she deserved the Razzie. She's yeah. very, very not very good. <laughs> very, very not very good. Um, she is not very good in this film. No. But I think she knows she's not very good, and I think she knows yeah. this isn't for her. The fact that she went out and did that speech and said it was a piece of shit film, she knew. But I mean, the acting, at points, she looks like she's like, I have no idea what's going on. She's trying her best to find some sort of emotion what yeah. to fit into whatever the fuck is going on in this fucking film. A rough cut of the trailer was put online a few months before the film's release and drew such heavy criticism that it was quickly pulled. It was soon replaced with a new trailer which removed all dialogue. That's Understandable. not how you fix the issue. No, but I can see how that would have been a problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Released a trailer, everyone fucking hated it. What did they do? They went back and fixed everything yeah. that people had issues with and released a good film. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog, they fixed the special effects. With this, they would have had to have fucking burnt it and built it up from the ground They up. could have fixed the special effects in this, though. CGI is Oh, awful. 2004, this is the height of CGI. Mm. 43 cats were trained for the film. Halle Berry adopted one of them afterwards, an orange white youngster named Play-Doh. Something good came out of it then. She got a pussy cat. And it did undergo reshoots oh. after testing poorly with screeners. 
I have only a month left before the theatrical release day. Clearly did not make a bit of difference. Probably just shoved more random scenes in that made no sense. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer had low opinions of the costume comfort level from Batman Returns and consequently declined reprising the role. Yeah. Could you imagine? When the, I was told it was only 12 years removed from Batman Returns. Michelle Pfeiffer could have done it. Yeah, I mean, it would have had to have been a very different film, though. It would have had to have been a very different film. It actually probably would have benefited mm. from having Michelle Pfeiffer because they wouldn't have had to have forced this random, stupid origin story. Well, what's weird is, I mean, I've watched this twice now. Obviously, the last time I watched it um, for the podcast review was... I was analysing it scene for scene, and I've missed this both times. Apparently, the setting of the film is ambiguous, as the city is never called Gotham City, mm. nor are there any references to Batman or other DC characters. It's possible that it takes place in the original Batman film universe, as a picture of Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman from Batman Returns can be seen in the pile of old Catwoman pictures that Ophelia throws at patients. Oh... I really tried to look out for it this time, and I did not see it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that. So I mean, it sounds like someone's trying to make sense of just random shit. But then they're saying, so what? They're saying that this is an ongoing thing that a, a clumsy woman in an office gets killed and turned into a cat woman. Is <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they they literally say there's been cat women across centuries. Yeah. So, oh, Jesus. After reading the screenplay, Pitoff, the director, and Jean Rabas presented to the producers an alternative version of the story that was refused uh, using the argument that it was too artistic. Okay. Well, it took artistic over this. <laughs> when production stalled in mid-2003, rumours circulated that Warner Brothers had scrapped the project and instead incorporated the character of Catwoman into Batman Begins, but with Halle Berry still in the role. Um... That may have worked. But with Halle Berry still in the role. <laughs> I'm not... I think Halle Berry's just not meant for this role. I just maybe, yeah. It's it's difficult, though, because I know Halle Berry is a fantastic actress. Of course actress. she is. Yeah. And, you know... It, no, no, I don't think it would have worked. No. I don't, actually... Uh, Catwoman has been portrayed in live action by more actors than any other comic book villain. Julie Newmar and Eartha Kitt uh, in 1966. Lee Merriweather in Batman the Movie. Michelle Pfeiffer, Batman Returns, Halle Berry in this. Anne Hathaway in The Dark Knight Rises. Cameron Bicondover in Gotham. And, of course, uh, in The Batman, it's Zoe Kravitz. Yes. Which is yet to be released, of course, but I, I, yeah, I think so she'll do a great job. Um, the film is included on Roger Ebert's most hated list. For once, he's got it right. Yes. <laughs> a newspaper reported that Sharon Stone's phone rang. In a, sorry, in a bizarre series of events, for the first during trivia, in a bizarre series of events, Sharon Stone's phone rang while she was filming a scene. She was in the middle of it. She took the call and held up filming for a long time. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's made everyone wait for her. Yes. She took the call. <laughs> what Surprised a queen. Surprised didn't just leave it in the film. Absolute queen. She was also in the run-in for the part of Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin. Imagine that. That wouldn't have worked. Yeah, but Batman and Robin doesn't work. That's the thing. Imagine how entertaining <laughs> yeah. it would have been. 
Frances McDormand was once in talks for a role in this. Oh, God. Probably the uh, cat lady. Yeah. Due to a scheduling uh, conflict, Graham Revel and William Orbit had to withdraw from their scoring duties. Uh, and Klaus Badal was then hired as their replacement. And guess what? He did a fucking awful job. Because this is one of the most generic scores I've ever heard in my life. I literally... Yeah, I can't even think of what the score sounds like. It just sounds like every other fucking film. Francis Conroy was listed as a potential nominee on the Razzie uh, nominating ballot. She was listed as a suggestion in the Worst Supporting Actress category for her performance in this film as Sally. It's very sad, because I, I like Frances Conroy. Um, yeah, she didn't do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I've, you know, when I, when I, I obviously watched this when it first came out, 2004, I was 12 years old, my film taste was very different back then, and even I knew then it was trash. Um, but looking back, I thought, you know, from certain memories, I thought, oh, do you know what? This is going to be camp, so bad it's good, trash to piece. It fails to even reach that. I mean, it has its moments, but yeah. this is just really fucking bad. It is, and the the thing is, a lot of a lot of the time, actresses and actors, you know, they are the forefront of the film. They get all the credit, you know. And yeah. It's the one everyone's interested in. It's the face on the poster, you know. They get all the glory. They get probably get the highest. Um, Pay, yeah. you know, if they're proper A-listers. But then also, they get the biggest backlash. Yeah. And, you know, for someone like Halle Berry, who was an A-list star, still is to this day, mm -hmm. for her to do this film, and, and, and actually, Frances Conroy as well, I'll defend yeah. her, Sharon Stone, I'll defend her, you know, she didn't have that much to do in the film. Um, but... How can anyone, as an actor or actress, have a script like this in front of them? Mm. The absolute shite that Francis Conroy has to chat yeah. in this fucking film. How can Wait, any... who does Francis Conroy play? The cat lady. Oh, I got it wrong there. She wasn't Sally. She's Ophelia. 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 That's the one. Yeah. Ophelia. Oh, yeah. Um, Sally's just annoying. Ophelia. But to have to sit there and chat all this fucking <laughs> shit and this awful script, how could anyone, even Meryl Streep, would have a hard time being convincing as this fucking shitty cat lady? There must have woman? been some contractual stuff involved here. I think for Halle Berry. But also, I would probably say, up to that point, is probably the highest she's ever been paid. Yeah. You know, it's she's... Fronting her own film, which, let's face it, doesn't happen very often for African-American actresses. No. Then, now, you know, it, it's a, it was a big deal. And it, it is a, it's a shame. It, <laughs> we're going to sit here and we're going to tear the fucking film apart because it is hilariously bad. But I do feel sorry for a few of the people involved, I have yeah. to say. Yeah, absolutely. We're getting into it. A shy woman endowed by with by endowed with the speed, reflexes, and senses of a cat walks a thin line between criminal and hero, even as a detective do dodge doggedly 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 <laughs> doggedly pursues her. 
fascinated by both of her personas. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not. And she actually, she doesn't walk a thin line between no. criminal and hero. <laughs> and she's set up to be to look like a criminal. <laughs> so we open with opening credits over paintings of the history of cats Ooh. and cat women from different cultures. Ooh. Before we get a voiceover saying, it all started on the day that I died. <laughs> How many films have started like that? I swear <laughs> there's loads. I mean, Sunset Boulevard starts with a dead body. Uh-huh. Um, and this is the story of how I died. <laughs> yeah. We're introduced to equestrians and graphics designer Patience Phillips. Uh, she's a meek people pleaser whose main support is her best friend Sally. And Patience enters the film floating in water with the voiceover, talking about when she died and how it was the day she started to live. Oh, for fuck's sake, stupid bitch. Of course, it it is Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. That is Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Ew. (laughs) Poor Billy Wilder. Uh, Patience and Sally's at work. Patience is clumsy. Such a clut. She's just an unremarkable woman. (laughs) And Sally's... <laughs> do you know what? Speaking of Sally's, she's an remarkable woman. <laughs> yeah. One and a half out that's, of ten. The, yeah, let's not compare <laughs> Sally Ross with this film. Um, yeah, it's obviously she's... Oh, she's such a klutz, isn't she? She's so ugly as well. She Fucking is. dog's dinner. absolutely horrendous. She looks terrible. No, now, what they mistake in this film is... Badly dressed for being, you know, revolting. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird because she's she's played out to be, you know, this um, dowdy, unattractive woman, unassuming. No, no man would notice her, mm. and then a man notices her. <laughs> yeah. There's no way, you can, I'm sorry, you cannot sell Halle Berry to you me can't. as a fucking ugly bitch. You can't. It ain't gonna happen. And in fairness, you couldn't sell Michelle Pfeiffer as an unattractive no. woman in Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like that's what they were going for no. in Batman Returns. What they're going for in this is that she is an unremarkable woman and what actually she is, is a very beautiful woman, you know, who just happens to be dressed like a substitute English teacher. <laughs> what do you think it's fucked about? Who, Imagine who, if they had Sally. far too many dream catchers. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like a cat woman. She looks like a crazy cat lady. Imagine if they dressed had, like one. Imagine if they had Sally as Catwoman. Like, someone who's not conventionally beautiful. Yeah. yeah. You know, that would make sense. And I'd, I'd, I'd have loved to have seen that, to be honest. It would um, It would have been more interesting. But you're not you're not giving me Halle Berry and telling me she's ugly. It ain't happening. You can't. And, and, but it's trying to tell you that. But then everything that happens is going against that yeah. anyway. Yeah. Well, she's being clumsy at work and Sally is addicted to a new facial cream that's not in production yet. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, and Sally, because because Sally's a real artist, she hates her job doing advertisements for beauty cream. Yeah. Oh, not beauty cream. Ugh. Yeah. Not not this image of uh, what every beautiful woman should look like. Oh no. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
she puts some of this cream on and immediately, as soon as it's barely even touched the fucking face, and she's like, Oh, I'm starting to get headaches now that I put this cream on. Oh, I wonder if that's gonna come into the plot later on. I wonder if that's gonna be the entire fucking plot of the film. Literally, not even five minutes in. Although those opening credits went on for about twenty minutes. They did, yeah. Um but seriously, that is so lazy. Yeah. Um, the the name of the cream is now they they call it Bioline <laughs> no Bioline Biolin <laughs> I don't know but it's spelled Boline it's spelled B E A U L I N E Boline but they call it Bioline Bioline they did not think to correct him at any point <laughs> it's just, I don't I don't like I don't know I don't even know how to justify it. Uh, this is, uh, take in mind everyone, this is released um, before Ugly Betty and before The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. So any parallels that you may notice is actually uh, Ugly Betty and The Devil Wears Prada taking influence from this. And it's also after She's All That and they didn't even have the decency to give, <laughs> give the ugly character glasses. <laughs> you know, come on mate, know your history. She works for a cosmetics company. She doesn't even drop company. papers on the floor. She doesn't she... even drop papers on the floor. Oh, she does. I suppose she does at one point. I don't think she does. Oh. She doesn't have the decency wow. to follow the stereotype. Because she is a beautiful fucking woman. <laughs> it just happens to be dressed like shit. She <laughs> works for a cosmetics company called He He Dare Beauty. He dare. How he dare. He dare. He dare. Again, another fucking word we don't know how to uh, pronounce. Uh, and they're ready to the ship, the uh, Beerly, that is able to reverse Be- the... Beerly. Is able to reverse the effects of aging. <gasps> oh, just what every woman wants. Company owned... Oh my God, I used um, anti-aging moisturiser once. Does that mean my face is marble now? Uh, no. Oh, God, yeah. Am I Sharon Stone now? <laughs> Company owner... Oh, God, Sharon Stone, face like marble. Yeah. Oh, God. Company owner George Hedare and his wife, Laurel, played by Sharon Stone, are hosting a meeting about the new product when Laurel takes over the meetings. And she is fucking loving herself. She's living for herself. She's got pictures of herself all around the fucking meeting room. She is the face of whatever the company's called. Not gonna lie, I love Sharon Stone, and I I do think her outfits slay in this film. But you know, when in in the UK, I don't think this happens in America. You know, in the UK, when you go past um, a hairdresser's that you know it's been open since the nineties, oh and they always have those pictures in the window <laughs> yes. of models that they can make you look like, like those certain haircuts. That is Sharon Stone's fucking model shots in this entire film. She has stole them from a fucking hairdresser's window. It's so true. It's it's definitely not Vogue. Like, no. like, like, Patience, I don't understand what kind of art she does for these adverts because it is literally just Sharon Stone's face and then so that's it. Like, it's like, how much does she really have to do? So, so next time you're walking past a hairdresser's a hair salon in the, oh, in the UK, keep, yeah. a, keep a lookout for Sharon Stone. Absolutely. Send us pictures for comparison. Um, yeah, she's, she's got those pictures everywhere, but there's also some pictures of a new girl. Now, she's the future because you wouldn't see her face in a fucking hairdresser's window, would you? No, she's much younger. Her name's Drina, and George suggests toasting to her the new face of the cream. 
And Sharon Stone, being the banter queen that she is, says, careful, George. She's not old enough to drink. And then everybody, I shit you not, everybody in the room, well, her and George mainly like, ha, 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 the weirdest fake laugh I have ever heard. And they really could have said something with this, and it's yeah, and we'll say this throughout the whole podcast. But you know, to have what you you're probably at the time the biggest female led superhero film to be made, yeah, yeah, the biggest for it to be centered around fucking beauty cream. <laughs> is fucking insulting. I'm sorry. It's insulting. Every other superhero deals with, you know, the the Joker going crazy in Gotham mm. and potentially killing people, creating mass disasters. And I understand that this beauty queen potentially could kill people, although it didn't actually specify that. It just says it's going to make them look ugly. Yeah. You know... <laughs> Superhero. Give some a headache and make them look ugly. Superman only women. Say, yeah, because it's only targeted towards only women. Only women. And Superman saves the world. Literally saves the world on numerous occasions. And what does Catwoman have to do? She has to fight a beauty cream. <laughs> it's fucking insane. It genuinely is. It's so... It's really shitty writing. It's a shitty premise. And yeah. they don't get anything from it. And at least they could have tried to sort of make some commentary on consumerism or, you know, say something about, you know, women and mm. women in culture and in society. And they could have, they really could have done something. If some arsehole was adamant that the film had to be about beauty cream, a great writer could have really done something yeah. with it. Yeah. And they don't. Take in this mind... Younger, this younger model, you know, it's... I can see it's laughable that she is the face of an anti-aging cream. Yeah. Take in mind, this was... Uh, the year before Hostel was released. Now, <laughs> our listeners might be thinking, what does Hostel and Catwoman <laughs> have in common? They both include... And I... I I hope they're the only two films within that within that small time space Who knows? that included this, but it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't. They both include an end in spoiler alert where a woman kills herself because she'll never be beautiful. Yeah. Ever again. Yeah. And in this one, actually, the scars probably could have been fixed. So she probably could have been beautiful ever again. Hostile or I was hanging out, there's not much she could be doing with that. But because women care so much about their looks, they'd rather die than be disfigured. But it is, and it is, it's, it's just that insulting concept of what is the worst thing that could happen to a woman. It's so shallow. Her, her, her beauty can fade. It's so shallow, and I'm so glad we've came such a long way um, with female representation in films. Yeah. Not looking at you, one woman 84. Um, at least she's trying to save the world. Wow. <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm on about Kristen Wiig. Oh, yeah. Clumsy. (laughs) You know, she fits that stereotype. Jealous. Ugly bitch. Oh, God. But, yeah. George tells Laurel off for making a scene. um, And she says, what's the matter, George? Did I steal your moment? 
That's quite a good impression, actually. Thanks. I mean, it's it's a little more lifeless. I, than that. Yeah. <laughs> Patience awkwardly um, visits George, and he's not happy about the ad design. And I mean, he is fucking. The camera goes right up to his face. It's like you're a fucking bitch, Patience. This fucking ad design's a piece of shit, you cunt. Yeah. Um, and he expected her art to show better taste than her wardrobe. Oh, you fucking bitch. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why I expected your art to show better taste than your wardrobe. Now, he's got a point. Because <laughs> she's wearing a potato sack. She is. Uh, but then he only rudely tells her that she could get a manicure too as well. <laughs> Which I understand is a joke. Because obviously she's going to become Catwoman. And she's yes. going to claws soon. But, um, yeah. Laurel convinces George to let her fix it, which he agrees to and says he wants it by midnight tomorrow. But, okay, so essentially what she's brought is this advertisement, mm-hmm. yeah? And he's, he's reading it to Phil for about her work, but all the feedback he gives is essentially, this isn't the shade of red I told you I yeah. wanted. This isn't the shade of red I told you I wanted. You've you got to get the shade of red right, Okay. It's just just a, a normal, you know, um, advertisement. There's not massive amounts to it. She's just doing the art design mm-hmm. on it. So she's going to go on Photoshop or whatever she needs to do. She's got, you know, over a day and a half to get it done. And all she really needs to do is change this red. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just establishing that because that's going to become a point later. Yeah. Um, also, this film was a 12A in the UK, PG-13 in America. What kids are going to... <laughs> how is this threat, like, this this whole plot about what this cream does to you, how is that going to make, you know, people at 12 years old think, oh my God, what a horrible supervillain, how terrifying. Oh, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to look ugly. <laughs> anyway. Patience's neighbours are having a loud party and wake her up. She pleasantly asks them to turn the music down without much effort, um, knowing that it would be impossible for them to hear her. I wonder if that's going to come <laughs> back later on. Absolutely ridiculous. So it's, it's uh, the American way of having apartments across from each other, like quite high up. Um, so what, there's a good sort of 20 metres between yeah. them. The music's loud and she's like... Excuse me, can you turn it down? Does she even open a window? Like she, she, she does, but she doesn't like stick her head out or anything. No, just like, hey, hey, yeah. oh, okay. I'll keep it down, love. <laughs> um, some cats meow at her and she closes the window. The next day, a cat visits her while she's painting the new design. It climbs upon uh, further up the apartment building, so she climbs out of her window to save her. Um, looking for her, a cop is driving by and thinks that she's trying to commit suicide. So he tries talking her down. Yeah, so she's still wearing the same potato sack as the day before. <laughs> yeah, no one changes clothes often. No, she doesn't, she doesn't change her clothes. She's like Bart Simpson. <laughs> um, I don't know why. She's out on this ledge and, um, yeah, the police officer comes along. He thinks she's going to jump. She explains about the cat. Um, she decides the best place is to stand on an air conditioning unit on the side of a building, uh, which starts to come away from the wall, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
And he gets into her apartment and saves her. Just in time. She introduces herself. And falls madly in love with her straight away. Yeah. Even though she's an absolute beast who can't dress. And, and lucky for her, uh, the cop is a conventionally attractive cop. Yeah. She had to be saved by a hunk. Wonder who's going to be love interest. <laughs> the cat's now back in her apartment after making her look like a silly bitch. I know. And uh, she's late for work, so she rushes out. She, wait, she leaves the cop in her apartment. Yes, yeah, she does. She actually just rushes out and leaves the cop in there. Laurel serves outfits to work, uh, and she does. She is looking fucking fierce. Laurel being Sharon Stone. She's, yes. So you yeah, keep it on. Yeah. Um, and isn't happy to see the new model has her pictures up around a building, and hers are being taken down, taken back to the hairdressers. Yeah. Just chat shit with uh, Laurel and George are fucking annoying when they because they just go over the same old shit. Yeah, he's like, oh, cancel all my meetings. I'm gonna get some pussy tonight, <laughs> and she's like, oh, here we go again. And that's basically their conversation every time they fucking come across each other. It is. It is essentially like, well, I don't know where my husband. Is. Well, why would I know where my husband is? Well, my husband is probably with his new plane. <laughs> oh, my husband, and I don't know. I, you, you must ask my husband. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't you ever talk about Sharon Stone's husband. <laughs> she's not Lisa Renner. <laughs> even though she's... She probably could have had some Even breath. though... She probably would have God love her, and I love Lisa Renner to bits. Um, but she does have a... Um, hairdresser's... <laughs> 90s hair She is. Also, she's she got is. her own beauty line coming out for her lips, hasn't she? She has. So, Catwoman sequel coming up. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Why did you mention that as if we were sponsored by it? Sponsored by Lisa, <laughs> by Rena Beauty. I mean, that would be amazing. I'll okay. happily be sponsored by Lisa Rena. Um, but yeah, so back with all the basic bitches who are doing designs and boring shit like that. Um, Sally notices uh, a certain honky cop walking. She's like, man sandwich, 12 o'clock. Now, Sally... It's just craving dick throughout this entire fucking film. And it's not even a, oh, do you know what? She she deserves some dick. She's not desperate for it. No, no, no. It's insulting. But that's all that's she talks the about. the only thing she talks about. So you have a female relationship at the centre of this film that they don't explore enough. But, you know, it's it seems like Sally is patience, is only friend is her biggest supporter, you know, and all that business. And all they fucking talk about is men. All. You've got your full main stereotypes. You've got your full stereotypes. You've got Patience, who is uh, your fucking clumsy, ugly bitch. You've got Sharon Stone, who is your evil businesswoman. Yeah. You've got Sally, who's your comedic character who just wants dick, nothing else. And you've got Ophelia, who's the crazy woman who knows everything that's going on. Yeah. It's all there. It's all really awful stereotypes. Um, and, but yet... Speaking you know, of awful stereotypes... Yeah. But this, you know, Patience has actually managed to pull a police officer who's come to see her. Yeah. Man sandwich, 12 o'clock, mm-hmm. who everyone in the room cannot help but stop and stare. Their jaws... And flood their basements. Oh my God, their jaws are on they the are. floor. You've got... Speaking so of who, stereotypes... So who is Patience? Is she a great beauty? Because she's caught the eye of the hunkiest cop yeah, that ever Yeah, but that's lived. the thing. That's why everyone's shocked. Because he's going to this fucking dog's dinner over <laughs> here. 
So she's not. It's so annoying. <laughs> the jaws are dropping as this cop walks through it. And speaking of stereotypes, <laughs> we get a gay guy who looks like he is CGI. They have put that much makeup on him. And he, he's standing out that much. They might have a fucking spotlight on him. I don't know if they could be able to contract, co- contractually obliged to include a gay character. Because they made a big point about this guy. And it, it's not great. So, <laughs> first of all, he's there smiling. And it, you can't miss it. You cannot miss it. Um, the cop introduces himself as Tom Lone. Sally makes a silly bitch out of herself by rhyming his name with other things. And she goes back to her desk where she has numerous pictures of Sharon Stone pinned up. Um, Tom admires Patience's art. Whilst Sally and the gay guy give each other looks as if to say, Oh, he's dead posh, isn't he? Oh, he's posh, he is. So he said a big word, didn't he? He did. So what he what he did was um, he looked at Patience's art that she had out on her office desk. Even though she's got a deadline at midnight mm-hmm. anyway. And uh, he describes it as reminiscent of Chappelle and the old Dutch masters. And she's, you know, she's like, oh my God, yeah, that's so right. You know, what a hunky and intelligent. Um, Basement and is then flooded. He, and then he admits that he Googled the art in her apartment. <laughs> so he stayed in her apartment so he long enough. he must have stayed in her apartment long enough to Google the art that she had on the wall. And remembered enough to not only tell her that her art is reminiscent of Chappelle and the old Dutch masters, but also, very fortunately, have her art out there on the desk (laughs) as an artist. And also, very luckily, have the art that she is displaying being reminiscent of the old Dutch fucking masters. It's all very convenient, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Just for what is actually a really kind of shitty chat. Yeah. And after this, he apologises for saving her life uh, and offers to take her for a coffee. He's literally like, oh yeah, I'm sorry about uh, the way that went down. You fucking saved her life. Why are you apologising, you moron? So as soon as he leaves... Sally says, Patience, that is a man who is in serious like with you. What? To which the, that even mean? the gay guy, in the most feminine voice I've ever heard, says, Hello! <laughs> Sally suggests Patience should wear that leather outfit that her and the gay guy got her for her birthday. To which the gay guy says, Remember? Just like Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. But that's what we get from him. Yeah. Was it a big deal made of the first game character? I don't think so. Film? I really don't think so. Um, I'm assuming he is the first. I don't. Usually they're villains, though, aren't they? Um, but I don't, he's a throwaway character with uh, based purely on stereotypes. Yeah. All, all all he's there is to lust after a straight character guy. Mm-hmm. And throw sassy one-liners to Sally and Patience. Although for 2004, we should probably be grateful of this representation. That is true, actually. In a mainstream box office film, you know. Yeah, that is true, actually. Big box office, big budget, you know. The, but then why, why, does, why does the female superhero mm-hmm. have to have the gay guy? 
Why can't Why can't Clark Kent have a sassy gay best friend? Yeah. Why Why does it have to be Catwoman? <laughs> yep. That's. I, I have nothing else to say. That's no. you're absolutely <laughs> right. We've come, again, we've come a long way since then. Uh, everyone's... Have we though? Yes. But have we? Yes, we have. I mean, we have Valkyrie in uh, the MCU. It's bisexual. Okay. Captain Marvel was clearly a lesbian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose so, yes. That is true, actually. D- Deadpool's pansexual. Oh, okay. So, there we go. Uh, DC's still behind, of course. Everyone's finished for the day and Patience is still working. Um, the delivery guy can't take the new advertisement, so she has to deliver herself. But so she we... works really late. Yeah, no, it's, so she's it's, what, so yeah. everyone's left, it's dark. Now, we've seen that she's been working on this at home as well, yeah? Mm-hmm. Now, as I established earlier, by all accounts, all she had to do was change the colour red mm-hmm. to the red that he wanted. Yeah. And she's... That's all she's done. All that she's done. Absolutely ridiculous. And she was working on it in the morning before she left. She was, yeah. It's shocking. Yeah. So, um, and I this... I she was getting read to filth. <laughs> this happens... Uh, this certain thing happens a few times before now, but I've only just wrote it down at this point. We get a CGI journey through the city. We do. We get many CGI journeys through Party the city. many. Patience visits the... the you had a fucking $100 million budget. Could you not afford to get a helicopter? Yeah. Patience visits the R&D laboratory facility um, to deliver the redone ad design. She overhears the discussion between scientist Dr. Ivan Slavicki and Laurel about the dangerous side effects from continually using the product with some awful, fucking awful, chaotic editing... That won't stay on one know. shot for more than three seconds. And the only thing worse than the editing in the scene is the dialogue, which I believe you have written down. I do. Um, so Laurel says, oh, come on, Slavicki. When we, when did you grow a conscience? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is such... <laughs> to which he says, I don't care that the FDA never, never, never saw the headaches. And the nausea and the fainting spells. Headaches from the cream? Those, <laughs> no. Those are symptoms I can live with. I can live with it being addictive. But these side effects from the long-term studies, it won't happen if they keep uh, using it. Oh, yeah, excuse me. Laurel says, it won't happen if they keep using it, which we will make sure they will. That's where the money comes from. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of how businesses work. If somebody keeps using it, um, do you know what would actually really work? It's just releasing a good cream that people yeah. enjoy buying and using. Yeah, you could do that. Um, it's so I d- I don't know. It makes no. It's shitty writing. Yeah. Because essentially, she's turned. They've turned around and said that this cream is addictive. Mm-hmm. So people. The addictive nature of it means people, they're hoping, will use it despite the headaches, nausea, and the, you know, potential deformities, you know, um, that would come about from not using it anymore. Yeah. Um, It makes no kind of sense, because why don't they just give them a basic-ass cream that doesn't do anything, but still make it addictive? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... it's just it's just awful writing, and it just that 
is a big, for me, a big plot hole. Yeah. Do you think the writers did any sort of research into beauty creams or anything? No. Clearly not. But but it's simple, you know, I'm, I'm not here saying that I'm fucking Elon Musk, big businessman or anything, but surely the, the cream being addictive in itself mm-hmm. means that they could probably sell just a, a cream that didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. And still... As Laurel explains, you know, make sure they will buy more and that's where the money comes from. It's true. (laughs) Which renders the whole of this film completely pointless. Yeah. Unless Catwoman's going to go out of her way to make sure that, uh, you know, a beauty cream that doesn't really work, as it says it Mm -hmm. works, uh, make sure that doesn't go on the shelf. Well, no. So, Laurel's guards, one of which actually watched Patience walk straight through, did, did not try was, and stop her. He was outside, like, leaning on his car. Yeah. Literally watched her walk in. Yeah. Um, they discover clumsy Patience, and they're ordered to dispose of her. So, she tries to escape using a conduit pipe, and the guards have it sealed and flush her out of it, drowning her. Yeah. yeah. In... A bizarre series of events. Washed up on shore, Patience is discovered by a bunch of CGI cats, led by the Egyptian cat, uh, the Egyptian Mayu cat called Midnight, which is the one who was in her apartment earlier on and showed her up. Midnight brings her back to life by breathing on her. I shit you not. It's green though. Yeah. It must be magical because it's green. Yeah. CGI Cat Midnight breathes green breath on Patience and turns her into Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> I could promise you that is not how it happened in Batman Returns. And I could probably... I haven't read the comic books, but I can promise you it's probably not how it works in the comic books either. No. It's just green breath that brings her back to life. That's it. From that moment on, she develops cat-like abilities, starting with cat eyes, and being scared of CGI seagulls. <laughs> yeah. Are cats scared of seagulls? I feel like... I don't think I cats think are scared are. of seagulls, but um, I, I think the whole idea is that her cat vision makes things look a lot closer than they are. I, and therefore the seagull made her jump. A, a lot of things in this film, you have to remember, you have to take into consideration that the director, the writers, they think this is, you know, cat behaviour. And we'll mention when we get to them, but I genuinely don't think they've ever been around a cat before. I don't think they even knew what a cat was prior to this, because th- this is not how cats act. It's just very much a stereotypical view of a cat, isn't it? Kicking down doors and smashing through windows. Not that, no, <laughs> no. So Patience then tries to catch a CGI spider um, before making her way back to her apartment in the CGI city. Um, She jumps up to her apartment and smashes her way through the window instead of using the door because that's what cats do. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) So it's kind of, it's that weird thing where, you know, like Ant-Man is super strong Mm. because ants relative to their size are super strong. Um, but cats are agile yeah, and they can crawl into small spaces 
Um, they have great vision and hearing. So I understand all those aspects mm-hmm. of it. But this super strength makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. The next day she gets a call from Sally, who's like, oh, have you fucked that Tom yet over coffee? Um, which wakes her up and makes her fall off the shelf she's sleeping on. Do you know what I say about the shelf? It's absolutely ridiculous. So... Pages, uh, pages, who the fuck's Paige? Patience's uh, apartment is got very high ceilings. And there's the shelf, which is incredibly high up. And it has like books and shit on it. It's ridiculously high. But it's high one up. shelf from the ceiling. Yeah. And I mean, there's no ladder nearby. It's completely pointless. It really, seriously only serves the purpose of making her look like a cat. You know, sleeping high up. Yeah. And having, you know, the agility to get up there by herself. But in terms of practicality, before she became a Catwoman, it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's stupid. Fucking stupid. It's it's literally like 15 feet up in the air. Also, why can Halle Berry fit on that shelf? I know. Who yeah. needs a shelf? It's, yeah. It's just uh, like a normal bookshelf. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so not only is it really high up, if it is that wide to fit a human being on it, to sleep on it, yeah. how far back does it fucking go? Exactly. So Tom calls her and is like, look, bitch, I ain't waiting for you. In this episode, most pointless shells. <laughs> Tom's like, look, bitch, I ain't waiting for you any longer. I'm going to work now. He's fuming. Um, yeah, he's waiting with, with a coffee for her. Midnight pays her another visit and she finds a slip on her collar with the address for... <laughs> I shit you not, Ophelia Powers. <laughs> Ophelia Powers. <laughs> what a stupid fucking name. Ophelia Powers. Do, do you now? Do you feel Ophelia my powers? Ophelia Powers. Oh. Patience visits Ophelia Powers. And he was surrounded by cats, surprisingly. And she learns that Egyptian Mayu cats serve as messengers of the goddess Bast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she learns that. In a bizarre series of events, Ophelia Powers... Throw some catnip at Patience in an iconic scene which she starts sniffing and rubbing all around her face and says, catnip. <laughs> you, okay, you know um, the episode of um, Drag Race, All Stars 3, Snatch Game, mm-hmm. and Chi Chi Devane Rest in peace. I fucking love Chi Chi Devane. But she did a, a, a really bad Eartha kit. Yeah. Where the whole premise was her <laughs> pretending to be a cat. And she would just sort of like start playing with a ball or like start <laughs> licking herself and stuff like that. And it was like, um, how is this like Eartha kit? How is, I understand Eartha kit, cat woman, but you know, you're just pretending to be a cat. <laughs> and, like, this is how I feel like, this film is. Where it's just, like, instead of, like, Catwoman and how Catwoman's been portrayed, and when she actually, like, isn't necessarily cat-like in every aspect, uh-huh. essentially... It's like the soul of a cat has to gone into Halle Berry. <laughs> so she starts like purring every so often. I'm surprised she didn't start licking herself. It's one thing she doesn't do is lick herself. And uh, you don't see her shit in a uh, litter tray. 
like the whole cat and she's like rubbing her face in the cat and it's like are you serious it's the only convincing part of a performance like she generally was just oh as a cat she would be amazing in cats if she could should have taken Judy Dench's role she goes to work she goes to work and gets shouted at in the middle of the office by George so like all good cats she draws a picture of George as the devil and then absolutely reads him to filth, causing him to sack her and for her to get a round of applause from the rest of the office when he's barely left the room. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, it's probably Hallie's rustiest delivery in the sense of that she's trying to portray two different characters <laughs> at the same time. So there's Catwoman, who's reading George the Filth and giving him, you know, what for. And after she says these things, she kind of regrets them as patience. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, 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 I don't know what's coming over me. I don't know what came over me. I, I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. You know, don't, don't fire me or whatever. This goes on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a hammy it's not good everyone's like oh you're my hero no she just apologised and that's the weird thing everyone kind of ignored when she was like apologising and (laughs) pleading for her job back she (laughs) like I can't believe you told him off oh you're my hero (laughs) she ain't got a job anymore she goes up to Sally Sally who was part of the people who were clear there's no avoiding the fact that they all clapped what she did. Yeah. Why didn't he sack all of them, you know? Yeah. So they they go for a walk, her and Patience, and uh, Patience starts hissing at dogs uh, and staring at a necklace in a shop window. So this Sally faints, um, just... ends up in hospital, and as soon as she comes round, I shit you not again, in, in a bizarre series of events... A line that actually made it into the script of this mainstream film in 2004. She tells Patience to give Tom some of that brown sugar. Yeah. Yes. Again, talking about men, as they always do, they never... It's the only conversation they ever have between each other is about men. And Sally's a very white character. Yeah. You know, there's no avoiding that. And her saying those, that exact line of dialogue to a character in, in a film in 2004 that's released on such a big scale like that, that's just not okay. No, it's, yeah, it's very 2004, isn't it? They, yeah, that kind of humour has died out, thank God. Yeah. Tom is giving a talk to a bunch of school kids who are really weirdly obsessed with guns. They are, yeah. <laughs> oh, have you ever shot a gun? Oh, get, show us your gun, mate. Get your gun out. Um, patient shows up with a coffee that has sorry written on it. Like everything else in this film, you have to remember that for later on because it's going to come back. Yes. They stand around in a bizarre series of events that has already been posted on our Instagram. Um, they stand around a basket call, a basket call, basketball court, chatting when a kid tells them to go one-on-one. Scandalous by Mystique starts playing when Patience reveals that a cat power is being really good at basketball. And the chaotic editing from earlier is fucking 
on speed. It's, it's it is headache inducing. Overdrive. Now, it doesn't stay on one shot for more no, than one second. It doesn't. We get so much basketball playing. My fingers could not move fast enough to write down everything that's happening in that scene. So much basketball playing. And it results in Tom flashing his chest to a bunch of kids. And Patience riding on Tom's dick in front, in front of a bunch of school kids. Yeah, so they're being flirtatious. At one point, she, the camera is focused squarely on her ass. Yeah. And she's shaking it from side to side. And they, they're having this one-on-one basketball in front of a group of children. And it does end up with her scoring a, a hoop. Yeah. Um, a, a goal. She, she, yeah. The, the, the ball goes into the basket. And uh, she, they take some form of a tumble or something, but she ends up, you know, straddling him. Full, yeah. You know, cowgirl position. You know, in front of these children. They're like, ah! The kids are all fucking cheering her on. Our genitals and they are next to each other. <laughs> what the fuck was going on it's in 2004? Just... Why was this okay? <laughs> And what a terrible misuse of Scandalous by Mystique. I know, that's the biggest disservice. You know, poor Mystique. You know, they were never as big as they should have been. And they they didn't make it big in America. This could have been their chance. This is probably the reason why they weren't. This is probably the reason why. Scandalous is a banger. And it was totally misused. Laurel throws some headshots of the new model on her desk uh, when she has a bitch about George of a guard. She spots George getting in the car with the new model and then she smashes a glass. Yeah, but she doesn't bleed. She doesn't bleed, no. So remember that. She doesn't bleed. Um, Completely pointless. See, it just goes over. And this, this is the thing with Sharon Stone's um, character is that her and her husband, my husband, George, um, her and her husband, and all she fucking talks about is her husband and this younger woman. And... She's just, again, the fucking shitty, awful stereotype of the yeah. older woman who can't deal with losing, well, not even losing her looks. She's mm. still a fucking beautiful woman. And Sharon Stone is still a fucking beautiful woman to this very day. Um, but this whole narrative of her character is that she can't cope with aging. How, fuck off, how fucking insulting. Yeah. How many you know, female villains Ooh. story is based around them losing their looks. Yeah. Or a younger model comes along or, you know, they just can't deal with aging or their mm-hmm. man's left them. You know, shit like that. It's like, fuck off. You know, they did it in Snow White. It should have fucking left it there. Yeah, and then again, this is written by a team of men. Of one course. one female writer. One female writer. One female what writer. did she write? She clearly didn't get a say in anything. She wrote the man sandwich line. That was yeah. It. It's really, it's fucking insulting and it's awful to watch because, you know, these are, and I will say it at the end of this podcast, I will say it every five minutes during this podcast, 
there are some incredibly fucking talented people involved in this film. Yeah. And it's completely wasted. Sharon Stone is a very talented actress and and a great beauty. All-time great beauty. As is Halle Berry. And it's fucking insulting to them as actresses to have to deal with this shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you may recall in our Showgirls episode, we discussed uh, how the characters ate doggy chow. Wow. <laughs> in this film, they eat pussy chow, because Patience is eating a lot of cat food on her bed, isn't she? I just thought it was just tuna. Was it? I, I assumed it was, it was just cat tuna. Food. It may have oh. been cat food. Well, it's, it's pussy but that's, chow. That's, I mean, that's how this, uh, you know, film's written. Yeah. Is that she's you know, somehow the soul of a cat has got into her. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, put it past them having her eating whiskers or Felix or whatever. Sally calls Patience. I wonder what she's called her to speak about. Straight away, she's like, did you fuck Tom? Oh, my God, bitch, you're obsessed. Patience says, I even went Shaquille on his butt. Has, has Patience already visited her at the hospital? She has. Patience was there at the hospital when she was like, get out of here, go get some dick. Yes. Yeah, that's so, it. So, okay. I forgot to, I'm sorry, <laughs> I forgot to mention my, one of the big, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it annoyed the shit out of me, is that, so when Patience visited Sally in the hospital for the first time, um, the moment Sally started talking about getting some cock, um, Patience said, well, someone's feeling better. <laughs> Sally calls, and they have their conversation about getting some dick again. <laughs> and Patience, yet again, says, oh, someone's feeling better. <laughs> and whilst she's on the phone, Patience is doing some weird balancing act in her apartment, isn't yeah. she? And talking at the same time. It's really cool and looks great on screen. <laughs> it don't look fake at all. No. It's definitely Halle Berry doing it. Um, well, Patience wants to get some sleep, so don't she? She tied herself yeah. out doing some random acrobatics in her apartment. Yeah. She tells Sally how she accidentally became good at basketball and jumped him. Yeah. yeah. Patience tries to tell Sally she's worried about her new powers, but Sally's too shocked that Tom would want to go out of an ugly bitch like her again. Sally pretends she has a fever to flirt with a doctor after the phone call. Yes. Yeah. So she can't even put the phone down <laughs> without thinking about Dick. <laughs> Patience's neighbours are at it again with another loud party. This time she shouts a little louder because she's a cat now. And said, hey, shut that off. And the uh, neighbour says, get a life, you loser. <laughs> So Patience goes... <laughs> and they're made out to be, like, Hell's Angels-looking people. Really and, grubby. You know, and just, like, big... Br- brawly, is that a word? Yeah. I don't want to say brawly. Big, brawly men. And mm-hmm. uh, th- this guy in particular has a big beard, long hair, yeah. you know, all that shit. Get a life, you loser. <laughs> <laughs> so... Patience goes over to the grubby-looking neighbours and gets turned away. So, what would a cat do in this situation? Fucking kicks the door down, 
Start spraying a beer tap over the speakers to break them and then starts whipping her neighbour with the beer tap. Yeah, which is really frustrating because I thought, ah, oh, she could be great with a whip. You know, Catwoman in the history of DC has had a fucking whip, hasn't she? Yeah. And um, does she use a whip again? Yeah. Oh, she does. She does. But not near enough. No, no. She says, you hear that? It's called silence. It's all I ever wanted. Now keep it down. She's talking as if these people were aware of the first time. Yeah. When they clearly weren't. When they weren't aware. So she's talking to them as if she's had an issue every week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all I wanted. First night you've complained. Patience cuts her own hair. Put she does some... a good job as well. Now, I say she puts some makeup on. Patience has had a full face of makeup since the start of this fucking film. Whilst they're trying to make us think that she's ugly, they have done her face up, something terrific. But she puts some more on. Yeah. They, they mistake, like, a nude lip for mm-hmm. not having any makeup yeah. on. She then puts on... (laughs) But then when she has a red lip, she's finally put on that makeup. She then puts on the leather outfit that um, her gay friend and Sally got her for her birthday. She does. And goes for a ride on her motorbike to stare at that necklace again. But there's already burglars in the jewellery shop. And she goes in there, reads them to fail for a bit, and then says... I'm not joking. She says... What a perfect idea. She does. Um, on, on the bike, was she not giving you Britney Spears toxic? <laughs> <She was. laughs> yeah. Yeah, like cultural reset, toxic with Britney Spears. Highly influential. It would have been like the year before, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They try, uh, they try shooting her, but she turns into, magically turns into CGI. And starts running around the shop before beating them all up and saying, Meow. (laughs) Meow. She leaves a mask behind and takes a bunch of jewellery back to her apartment. The next day, she bags it all up. Can I just say one thing? Um, Obviously, a lot of priceless jewellery in this store. Um, The burglars... None of them had any masks on to hide their identity. Patience, Catwoman, takes off her mask... (laughs) Leaves her mask before ...leaves it there before leaving (laughs) the building. Now, what kind of jewellery store in 2004 (laughs) would not have CCTV? I know. Or any sort of alarms at all. There's no no security. They just get in and and that's, that's it. Yeah. And... You know, there's no... And then the whole premise for the rest of the film is Lieutenant whatever his name is not knowing that Patience and Catwoman are the same person. They would have easily resolved if he just looked at the fucking CCTV. Yeah. Because no self-respecting jewellers in 2004 would not have CCTV cameras. Could they not do some sort of forensics on the mask? Yeah. You know, there's so many ways that she could have got caught out. You know, no, no, she gets herself a Karen haircut and yeah. apparently she's unrecognisable. Well, the next day she bags it all up, returns it in a paper bag, and because she's a fucking idiot, she writes sorry on it. Just like the coffee cup. 
So, I mean, I, the same handwriting. It looks the exact same. Yeah. She kept the necklace and returned cupcakes in its place. Oh, because <laughs> uh, she's a woman. And what do the what are the police gonna call her? Because she's a woman. Oh, cat, cat chick. Cat oh, chick. Cat broad. Cat broad. Fucking dickens. Patience. Patience googles cats dot women. Cats dot women. Yeah, is that a fucking typo? <laughs> yeah, and they kept it in the fucking. I film. do that all the time. Random dot because I've got fat thumbs. When I'm searching for something on my phone, you know, there's random dots. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't keep it in the fucking film. She looks at the history of cats from the opening credits and uh, notices the same breed of cats in one of the pictures as Midnight and assumes that it's Midnight, even though it was like decades ago. Um, she goes back to I Feel Your Powers. <laughs> so there's this whole scene and she doesn't talk and then just at the end it's Midnight. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> she goes back to I Feel Your Powers uh, who now reveals that she was a cat professor. Cat Professor. Cat Professor, I feel your powers. For 20 years. And provides all of the exposition needed for Patience to know that she's a cat woman. A Patience, in response, says, You're a crazy cat lady. <laughs> you're, uh, you're the one sniffing cat nip. Can you imagine the screenwriter when they wrote that? Like, oh, this would be really clever. This would be really clever. I feel your powers pushes Patience over a balcony. And she lands on all fours. She then throws a bunch of pictures at patients of Catwomen and tells her she's a Catwoman and gives her a new mask. Yeah, which is so convenient because she left the last one at the jewelers. <laughs> patients makes herself a new, much sexier Dad, outfit this... from that shitty leather suit and decides that she's going to find who killed her and why. Okay, this is really my biggest pet peeve of the film is the fact that... Just this outfit. The fact that this outfit had to be scant... Scant? Scantly. Scantly? Mm-hmm. Scantly clad. She had to be scantily clad. Just... Catwoman in Batman Returns, very sexy. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, yeah. Catwoman, fully dressed. Yeah. No skin on display. No. It's not necessary. Her original fucking outfit. Yeah. Her original (laughs) outfit was perfectly fine. Why did going to I Feel Your Powers and being told she's a Catwoman make her think, oh shit, hang on a minute... I've got to, uh, I've got to sex this up. Because they had to have an image for the poster of Halle Berry's cleavage and the rips in the trousers showing yeah. off her skin. And that's what pisses me off. It's about and the... she's ba- she's basically in like a um, like a bra, really. Can, can you find out who the costume designer was? Because what pisses me off about this is the fact that if it was. Halle Berry was like, do you know what? I think the costume would look better like this. This is what I want to dress like. You know, this is what I think I should look like. I'd be like, yes, Queen, fucking get it. You, If you want to sex it up in an outfit, you fucking go for it, girl. But I've got a feeling, and if I'm right... Costume designer Angus Strafe. A man. 
man. There we fucking or go. Angus Stratton. There we fucking go. Catwoman doesn't dress like this in the fucking comics. Give me a fucking break. She doesn't. It's just, it really... And I, I'm not necessarily going to blame the costume designer because there's probably some bigwig in Hollywood who mm. turned around and said, no, you know, Halle Berry... Uh, big story and a big story about Halle Berry and her career up to that point was her getting paid so much to show her breasts mm. in Swordfish. Yeah, you know she's a sex symbol. Of course she's a sex yeah. symbol. I've got absolutely nothing against it. Yeah, but Michelle Pfeiffer was a sex symbol. Yeah, and they did that the right way, and I j- it just felt cheap. Yeah, the costume looks cheap. Um, it looks really unpractical as well for a superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she's doing, you know, a superhero, she's doing the flippy bits. She's doing the cat crawling and jumping and, and such. And she's going to be worried that she's going to fall out of her top because there is nothing there. That, you know, what if a fucking supervillain comes along with a gigantic axe? I'll just cut her in half. Yeah. There's nothing there to protect her in the middle. No. Yeah, you know, she's got so much skin on display. Yeah. It's... I understand. And the thing is, I know it's a comic book um, film. I know maybe we look too much into the details for... No, this is a film where you can actually do that. But this, it's just... With the rest of the film being so insulting to women, mm. this is just the cherry on top. That and, and for me, I was just like, no. Look at the state of Hollywood around that time as well. Yeah. You know, all the things going on there would come out all the way, you know, further down the line. Absolutely. And and the fact she was made to dress like this, yeah. you know, it, it really just feels wrong. It really feels wrong. It's just so unnecessary because you don't get it with the male superheroes you don't they're not objectified in the same way and it's just fucking annoying it generally is really fucking annoying because you know what what you get the the nipples in batman and robin yeah that's about it whereas you know and you can still, you can still, you know, had had sex appeal to an outfit that doesn't show skin. Exactly. It's a Batgirl, you know. Yeah, it's it's still possible. But it doesn't have to be first and foremost for you know our hero. Uh, you look at you look at um, you look at Black Widow when she first appears in Avengers. She's tied to a chair, and again, she's all scantily clad. Yeah. Look who was in charge of that film. Joss Whedon, look at all the shit that's came out about him. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's it's not, it, it's uncomfortable. It really is. And I, and I know there's a target audience out there. I, I do understand that, who are going to appreciate that sort of thing. But I feel with Catwoman, it was all one-sided. Yeah. And all just ridiculous and insulting to women. Yeah. It really was. So we're not even fucking finished. Uh, no. So um, much like Lindsay Lohan in the smash hit, I know who killed me. She decides she's going to find her killer and uh, find out why they killed her. Um, naturally, she goes for a CGI run around the city and ends up exactly where she needs to be, without much effort. I, like considering she was there, and she was like, "I need to know why I died and who killed me." <laughs> And so she's acting as if she has absolutely no recollection of what happened, 
of her dying, you know, and this has all came about, Ophelia Powers and Midnight yeah. have brought her to this realisation and um, she is now completely oblivious to why or who did it. Mm-hmm. Um but she manages to go straight to where she needs yeah, to go to. Went straight there. <laughs> Laurel's guard confirms with her that he dealt with Slavicki. Patience uh, looks at the guard and gets a flashback to when he shot her. Yes. The guard is now walking down an alleyway and a bunch of drunk women on their way back from a nightclub walk past him and they say exactly what all women say on nights out. Oh my god, we danced all night! <laughs> Seriously. Well, it's not all night though, because they're leaving the club. They're leaving they've the... just got there. It can't be that late. <laughs> the club ain't closed. The guard goes into the nightclub, followed by Catwoman in full costume. Yeah. And she orders a glass of milk. Yeah. Before grabbing everyone's attention... Well, no, the hilarious thing is that she orders a white Russian, but uh, without the vodka or the Kaluuya. Of course. Which just makes it... Milk. Milk. (laughs) She grabs everyone's attention by doing what all good cats do when they want some attention. Starts dancing in the middle of the dance floor and cracking her whip. Yeah. Well, she kind of... Yeah, it's a very awkward dance, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and again, I'm sorry. I know I'm beating a dead horse, but you would never in a million fucking years see Superman um, in the Chris, middle of... Chris, stop, stop. No? Stop. Think about what you're saying. Think about a film we watched earlier this year. What? That Marvel released about two years after this. Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3. <laughs> oh, we did have an awkward dance scene. He had two we? awkward dance scenes. <laughs> yeah, but not in costume. Did he? It was even worse. He was had his fucking emo fringe on and everything, Chris. It, okay. it was, it's, it's twice as humiliating. Well, up until this point, <laughs> you would never have seen... You know, you wouldn't see fucking Superman in the middle of a disco having a boogie. No. Before getting the... It, this that, may have been a trendsetter, because it also happens in Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah, and it's also well known that that is the worst part of Spider-Man 3 as well. Yeah. Everybody hates it. It, it also uh, briefly happens in Iron Man 2, if I remember right as well. So, Catwoman is a trendsetter, a trendsetter. apparently. All um, the dancing superheroes. Hilarious. She, she throws the guard out into an alleyway and has a fight with, you guessed it, lots of chaotic editing. Oh, God, yeah. Patience questions why he killed that girl the other night without making it obvious she's talking about herself. <laughs> yeah. She's asking for a friend. <laughs> he tells her she heard something she wasn't supposed to hear and then she knocks him out instead of getting more information. Um, she, at one point, grabs his tongue, though. Yeah. And what does she say? Go on. Cat got your tongue. Of course she does. So she goes back to the lab and finds Slivicky's body. The next day, she goes to see Sally in hospital. <laughs> what does she say? <laughs> what does she say? Now you tell me what she say. Your favourite line of dialogue. <laughs> oh, someone's feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot 
Halle Berry ever... No, sorry. Has the writers of this film ever visited anybody in hospital or known anyone that's been unwell? This is not how you speak to someone. You don't just say, oh, someone's feeling better every time you see them. And also, all she did was faint. <laughs> I'm just... I'm not, I'm not being funny. Obviously, they're doing some sort of tests or something. But she's been feeling better how many days now? <laughs> She looks in perfect health. And in a, you know, that must be very costly to her. You know, she's in America. It's going to cost a lot to be in hospital all that time. Yeah. Um, she should really be out by now. <laughs> and we, we never find out whether she's better or whatever. Because that's never a topic of conversation with Sally. Instead, no. she is absolutely gagged that patience is now sexy. Because she's got a Karen haircut and put some lipstick on. And this isn't because of patience doing it for herself. No, 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 no. She says this is all because of Tom. Yeah. So patience is now sexy because she met a man. Yeah. I'm so proud of you for changing your appearance to please a man. Well done, patience. Even though... When Patience was, you know, the healer monster that people thought she was at the beginning is when he liked her anyway yeah. and asked her out on a date. Um, yeah, makes no kind of sense, but, you know. And, and this is this marks the start of the most insulting five or ten minutes in cinematic history for women. Yeah. So that happens. George has an announcement on TV... That he won't let Catwoman stop him launching his new face cream because he owes it to the women of the country to have face cream that stops them from aging. Yeah. With not a hint of irony. No. Without anything. Again, this could have been a really good um, film about consumerism. Yeah. And about you know, what's expected of women in society. Sharon Stone's character could actually have been a slightly sympathetic character. Yeah. And a multi-dimensional character with layers, you mm -hmm. know, oh, a bit of development. Who knew that was possible? Um, but it's not. He says this with no hint of irony whatsoever. Like, he owes it to the women of the country to release this face cream. Yeah. Um, he, uh, uh, Catwoman was, she was caught, wasn't she? Yeah. With, uh, Slivinky's body. Mm -hmm. So people think that she's murdered to stop this cream coming out. Yeah. No, nobody knows why. No. She's done this. There's no, there's no reason given. Mm-hmm. But they've just, say, Catwoman's killed this guy because she wants this beauty cream to not be yeah. released. And no one's questioning why she would want a beauty cream to be, yeah. uh, you know, uh, axed. But anyway, whatever. So then, Tom asks one of his colleagues if his wife would save a cat the same way Patience did. To which his colleague replies, maybe if the cat was carrying a pizza. Oh, oh my fucking God. This character we never even get to see. No. She'd fucking jump out of a window for food. For like, what foods. the fuck is going on? Okay, that old shitty, crappy, fucking 
70s fucking shitty comedy based around women getting married and letting themselves go. Like, fuck off. Dickhead. Tom matches up the sorry... Eventually, after having it for all this fucking time, he finally matches up the sorry on the coffee cup and the paper bag. Yeah, number one, he's a fucking weirdo for keeping that cup for that long. I know, yeah. You would just throw it away. It's been like three or four days. It's been three or four days. Drink the coffee and throw the cup away, you fucking weirdo. So, it doesn't stop there, by the way, with the insulting five, ten minutes. Um, he takes it to a handwriting expert. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> he takes it to a handwriting expert. He tells him, yes, they match up, but they were written by two different people. Ooh. These two people have certain personality traits that he can tell just from their handwriting. Oh, he knows it's a woman. He knows it's a woman, obviously. Knows it's a woman, obviously. obviously. Definitely, you know, a man wouldn't have done this. One is... Didn't we do a film on the podcast where... Oh, um, my God, yeah. Was, they knew it was that like, it was a woman. definitely a woman's yeah. handwriting. And then, like, the research... Like, we did a little Google of it, and apparently you can't tell yeah. if it's a man or a woman based What film was that? Handwriting. Star, oh, what film? Somebody wrote a letter or something, and yeah. And oh, it was a big shit. plot twist. It was a big plot twist. Like, this was written by a woman. Fuck. That's really annoying. That's going to annoy me. It is. If anyone knows, if anyone, please let yeah, us know. If anyone knows, please let us know. Um, yeah. So it says one person, one, one of the writers, was a confident people pleaser who doesn't play by the rules. And the other one... Is someone who is insecure, lonely, and probably Halle Berry without lipstick on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, he finishes it off by saying, if you put these two girls in the same room, you're going to have one hell of a party. What the fuck what the does, fuck does that, that even mean? mean? What does that mean? I have no idea. What if you put two women with slightly different personalities in the same room <laughs> together, you can have a party? Fuck off. Fuck off. Whoever wrote this can really fuck all the way off. It's so insulting. What does that even mean? This whole fucking I have narrative. No idea. That, you know, the two women not being able to get on unless unless they're talking about fucking cock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So annoying. Evil never sleeps. It was evil never sleeps because oh. the brick through the window the brick that had the window, like yeah. cover on it or whatever. That yeah, there we go. Oh, good. Um, patience. You can, you can focus on the job at hand now, <laughs> can't you? Patience and Tom go to a fun fair where they're doing the the whole fun fair thing where you throw um, balls at bottles and win a prize or whatever. She's very good. But obviously, very she's good at throwing. Going. Uh, he questions her about George for a bit. In a bizarre series of events, they go on the Ferris wheel and they attempt to have a kiss when it starts to break. So Tom, um, being the masculine hero that he is, tries to climb down and save the day. Ignoring the, the kid that's nearly fallen off, by the way. No, he's trying to save the kid. No, he's trying to figure out what's going on. Oh, he is, yeah. So Cause, he... Cause, <laughs> because he's a policeman, it automatically means he knows how to fix Ferris wheels. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. So, he goes down and tries to figure out what's going on. Patience stays there, but there's a kid called Frankie 
who's like, oh, mum, help. And the mum is literally like, oh, Frankie. <laughs> no emotion Frankie. in her face whatsoever. <laughs> the kid is about to fall to his fucking death. She could not care less. She probably broke the Ferris wheel on purpose. Patience, being a cat, and... Frankie. Yeah, I'm just thinking of <laughs> Sister Sledge now. Patience does what all good cats do. And she swings down in front of everybody, yeah. does not try and hide it whatsoever. No. Um, saves Frankie, gives <laughs> gives him back to her mum, uh, to his mum. The mum, again, you know, she actually looks angry that Patience <laughs> saved Frankie. I think she tampered with the Ferris. She's right? like, yeah, thanks for that, bitch. I was hoping for him to die. Uh, and then, we could slightly later on, where... Tom hasn't questioned how she managed to do that at all. Not really. He's just slightly impressed, isn't he? Yeah. And they uh, walk away from Frankie and Frankie's mum. And Frank's like, yeah, thanks. That's it. The kid's not traumatised. Nothing. What's in the background? What? What is in the background? The fun fair in full force. Oh, the Ferris wheel. It's all still there. Yeah. That massive fucking health and safety hazard yeah. that a cop witnessed... That almost cost the life of a child. Yeah. The fun fair's still going. Everyone is still there, yeah. not bothered, and they're all on a great exactly. time. I've got that written. Yeah, why is this fun fair still open after all that? Yeah. Why is that woman not absolutely fuming? Because she wants a friend. ready <laughs> to sue. You know, why, why are people not bringing the lawyers in? Yeah. Just because, uh, you know, patients save the day. Um, you don't find out what the fuck was wrong with the Ferris wheel, so I don't know what the fuck Tom was you doing. He, he is a terrible cop. He is awful. Like, it has been so obvious from the first fucking robbery that Patience is Catwoman. He has not noticed at all. He has got pussy on the brain, no pun intended. But because he's a man... That pun was fully we, intended. Because he's a man, we don't like to hear him talk about it every five minutes, do we? No, no, we don't, no. Catwoman breaks into Laurel's house. Uh, she hits her with a golf club and accuses her of killing Slavicki. And they have a CGI roll down the stairs together. Now, you say CGI. I mean, it is CGI down the stairs. But before that, Sharon Stone's stunt woman gets a little cameo, doesn't she? <laughs> um, in whatever wig they've chosen to give her. <laughs> Catwoman asks Laurel to keep an eye on George because he's a murderer, to which Laurel agrees and tells her where to find him. Now, this whole my husband, time... Why would I know where my husband is? Well, this whole time, I was gagged when I found out we weren't supposed to know that Sharon Stone was the villain, that it was meant to be a plot twist. When I first watched it, I, I thought that was just common knowledge from the moment she was introduced. But then when they treated it like it's a big plot twist, I was like... Really? Well, my... It's so obvious. My objection is that um, Patience died. She was killed. Mm -hmm. And she came back to life thanks to green-breathed cats. Yeah. She goes into work the next day. Yeah. And is told off by George in the middle mm -hmm. of the office. Mm-hmm. But now she thinks that George was responsible for her murder, which yeah. he isn't. If he was responsible for her murder, mm -hmm. would he not have been more surprised mm -hmm. to have seen her 
rock up at work the next day. Exactly. But then, oh my God, you raised a really good point there. We see Sharon Stone talking with Slavicki at the start of the film about this evil plan. Yeah. But then they still act like it's a big fucking it's twist. It's really weird. What? And there's, <clears throat> like, for Patience, the, the character as well, you know, on Catwoman, why would she trust Laurel... And not George. Yeah. When she knows they're married. Why would they not think... Because they're both trying to sell this beauty cream. Why would she not... Why would she say, oh, okay, Laura, I, I believe you. I'll go find George. He's yeah. at the theatre. I just... I, it's really shitty writing. And there's, there's so much of this... That it kind of feels like the editing's wrong. Yeah. Or I actually... When you gave the um, little tidbits at the beginning, mm. I actually think potentially some of these scenes were added yeah. to the film because it makes no sense no. for Catwoman to believe it's George. No. Because George would have questioned mm-hmm. why Patience was still alive yeah. and probably tried to kill her again. Yeah. Also, I don't understand why these random cat memories keep coming back. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, but not the ones that are really important. So she remembers the security guard with the gun, mm-hmm. but she doesn't remember the whole conversation that Laurel had. No, no, of course not. So is she, she's trying to find whoever murdered her, isn't she? Mm. Yeah, but does the, does the director think that we forgot? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas... Sharon Stone acts suspicious in every fucking scene she's in. She does. So, yeah, Patience confronts George, who was at the opera with um, with the new model. Um, what? Yeah, it is the same one, isn't it? The, the new model. Yeah. 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 She's, there we go. She's... That, I, got I, I wrote this completely out of context. She's not enjoying the opera because she's a young, beautiful woman and therefore she must be um, uncultured yeah. or stupid. Yeah, and she says about um, thinking, and he says, Darling, don't think. Think of that as a condition of our relationship. Don't use your brain. Mate, oh, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. As Catwoman, um, Patience confronts George and he reveals he knows nothing about the side effects. And about patients being killed. Well, fucking course he doesn't. Like, I mean, seriously, like you said, she turned up at work, he wasn't shocked. Simple wait, as that. Wait, how does she know the side effects to the cream? That's what Laurel told her, wasn't it? Was it? Wait, that doesn't make any sense. Because the guard told her that patients found out something that she just shouldn't have found yeah. out. And that's why she was murdered. But he didn't specifically say it was to do with the cream. No, he didn't. But patients in the hospital froze away. She does. Sally's beauty cream. So for her to know that there's an issue with the beauty cream, she must have had a memory flashback to the conversation between Laurel and Slavinsky. Or was it just what Slavinsky said? Oh my god, what a mess. Fucking mess. This what is... an absolute mess. 
the editing then, if, is fucked up. If yeah. Laurel, if Laurel told her, and I and I've just missed it and haven't wrote it down. If Laurel actually said to her, "Oh, um, yeah, by the way, this cream's fucking evil or whatever." Then that ruins her plan. Yeah. That that gets in the way of her plan. She's determined to still get it out there. Yeah. Why would she jeopardise her own... Oh my god, what a mess. <sighs> obviously, obviously, Catwoman's going to find out sooner or later that it was Laurel. Because Laurel still wants to get the cream out there. Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. Um, the police, led by Tom, arrive. Catwoman um, flirts, fights and escapes... And I've got some of my favourite lines of dialogue written down. Cats come when they feel like it, not when they're told. Lovely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we know that because of her handwriting. Yeah. She's fiercely independent. She is. <laughs> and then she says to the rest of the cops, OK, boys, show of hands. Who can see in the dark? I can. <laughs> it switches off the lights. That switches off the lights. Um, I I must I must say, you know, and you you sort of suspend a bit of belief when it comes to superhero films, and their um, oh what's the what's the word called like disguise disguise, so you know it's very obvious that Clark Kent and Super Superman have exactly the same fucking face, <laughs> <laughs> so you suspend some belief, um, but it it's. Fucking ridiculous mm-hmm. that this guy does not know that Catwoman is Patience. Yeah. Because there's no change in the voice. No. The mask only covers half the face. Yeah. Um, and also the fact that it's very obvious that Halle Berry, and I was, I've said it before, I'll say it again, one of the true beauties, Halle Berry, mm-hmm. is under that mask. Yeah. You cannot disguise yeah. that gorgeous face. She is right in his face. They have been on multiple dates. Yes. You know, she licks his face and everything. She she is right there. There is no denying it at all. All she's done is put on a bit of red lippy. Yeah. That's it. And half, half a mask that covers her... Her nose and... She's got a fucking forward. Dangerous Woman cosplay off Mariana Grande. And dangerous that is it. <laughs> Laurel pays George a visit to read into filth and reveal that her superpower... Superpower? Superpower is that she has a rock-solid face. <gasps> and uh, she tells George to quit the fake tanning. Stop eating Viagra like vitamins. I've got here, so George and Laurel bicker yet again. George goes to slap Laurel, but her beauty cream has made her face rock solid. (laughs) And underneath I've written the words, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, it's not even a superpower. But this is what I don't understand. This is what I don't understand. So if you use too much of the cream, it gives you a marble face and you can't get any damage. If you stop using it, it makes you ugly. Okay. Yeah. How's that... Giving yourself a rock-solid face, protecting your face like that, how's that a bad thing? No, it's not. I, I'm so... How, what? what? What kind of supervillain motive is that? It, it, I just... I don't... I don't get it. I, I don't. I really don't. It's so fucking... It's so insulting to me. It is. It really is. is. Because you would never in a million years have a villain, a male villain, 
whose superpower or supervillain power or whatever you would describe it as is having a rock solid face mm-hmm. simply because he's used too much anti wrinkle cream. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Who wrote this? <laughs> Seriously. It's it's deeply upsetting that they thought that this was passable for a film. Yeah. But people would watch. It is so insulting. That women would watch and not be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Patience tells Sally she's a freak um, as she asks her to pick out an outfit for her next date. And uh, she, <laughs> Sally questions, wait, are you trying to go to a church or the Playboy Mansion? Oh, yeah. So Sally's feeling... She's out of the hospital now, isn't she? Yeah. So she definitely must be feeling better. She's definitely feeling better now. Um, Patience didn't actually tell her this, so I'm not actually sure if she's feeling better or not. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we do get an extended scene of our hero um, figuring out which dress to wear for her hot date. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Um, pointless shot of Laurel putting the face cream on. <laughs> Patience. But also, she smashed a glass earlier and it didn't cut her in any way. Yeah. So, of course, she must have cream on her hands because she would use her hands to put it on her face. Mm -hmm. But later in the film, it's established that she's marble everywhere. (laughs) So she must just be putting the cream all over. I would have loved, I would have loved a maniacal scene where she's just slapping on the cream all over. Because if, if you're going to mm-hmm. do this, you might as well go full, full frol. Um, you know, like, Diane Ladd in Wild at Heart, mm-hmm. where she goes crazy with the lipstick? Yeah. I'd love to scene like that, where Sharon Stone just goes crazy mm-hmm. with this wrinkle cream. Sadly not. No. Instead, we get patients visibly eating sushi like a cat in front of Tom. And uh, asks him questions about Catwoman before complimenting Catwoman and asking if he likes bad girls. This fucking idiot still has no idea. No, no. Absolutely clueless. Just ask him for a friend. <laughs> um, they go outside and it starts raining. <laughs> and like any good cat, patients hate the rain. I hate the, the rain! rain. <laughs> I hate the rain! I hate the rain! She shouts that she hates the rain and they... As, he's, as she's trying to tell him that she's Catwoman. And then they go and have a kiss. And they end up in, like, what looks like a pop-up shop. Uh, you know, yeah. it's a shop that's not inside, but it's undercover. Um, and all the product, like, it's flowers, isn't it? And plants. Yeah. And they're still all out, but no one's working there. <laughs> so it's just, like, people could just steal from there. But they, they have a... Um, oh, very mildly steamy moment, don't they? Oh, yeah, PG-13 sex scene. Yeah, um, I don't know what they were going for, um, but yeah, it's it shit and boring. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much chemistry there, is there? And then it, it, the cameraman knows what he's doing, because to prove how much of a fucking dumbass Thomas before he finds out who she is, it shows you very clearly... A claw mark down his back that looks like a fucking cat's <laughs> claw mark. Yeah. Oh my god. So then he finds one of the claws from her suit on the floor, and even then he's still in denial. So he, he literally finds a piece of Catwoman's fucking costume and he's still in denial. Yeah. So he steals a glass for forensics. 
you know, not the mask that she left behind at the start. No. You know. Patience gets... I don't know if it's a video call or a, a message from Laurel. It's the weirdest thing. If it's a video man. call, if it's a video call, then it makes zero sense. Because obviously, Patience answers it without her disguise on. Yeah. Now, Shannon Stone is stood to the side... And she does a dramatic turn to the fucking camera of the phone. Don't know who's holding it for her. No. And she's like, you were right about George. Come to the mansion. And that's it. Yeah. And then Patience puts it up to her ear. Yeah. As if it's like a normal phone call. So if it's a video call, Laurel gets a shot of Patience's face. (laughs) And then her inner ear. A fucking ear canal. The fuck? <laughs> Catwoman goes to Laurel's mansion only for her to have a moan about George and then tell her she's got some evidence of a deadly face cream. Laurel murders George for his infidelity and admits to having Dr. Slavicki killed because he wanted to cancel the product's release. She mm-hmm. frames Catwoman for the murder and provides some of the worst fake crying in cinematic history. <laughs> it's just as bad as her fake laughing. It's true. Oh, 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 oh. Laurel also plans to release Beoline uh, to the public the following day. Yeah. Tom shows up at Patience's apartment and arrests her. She, oh my God, she fucking told her a fucking evil plan and let her escape. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with this woman? Yeah. Tom arrests Patience and questions her, and she tells him everything, which, of course, he doesn't believe. Doesn't believe. And uh, <laughs> his detective friend from earlier on says to him, Look at it this way, Lone. You may have lost your woman, but at least you got your man. <laughs> Prime example. Of the amazing writing in this film. Patience stays in her prison cell for half a day leading into the night time. To decide she, uh, after a visit from midnight, um, who comes and comforts her. uh, She decides she's just going to effortlessly slip through the bars. And CGI jump out of a window. She does actually. No struggle at all. I thought we would get a scene of the cat finding the key and then... Bringing it to her and all that business, and there might be a slightly tense moment, but she's just like, but it's not even like she, you know, uses any kind of cat like nimbleness to help her. She just actually just slides through. Well, she even says, Lassie would have brought me the keys. Okay, so you were waiting there all that time on the off chance that a fucking cat would show up and bring you the keys. And the whole time, we could have just got out anyway. Yeah. Laurel hosts a very late press conference where she announces the face cream launch for tomorrow. I mean, like, it's, it's very late at night. It is actually, yeah. And <laughs> Tom shows up I'm at a party. Just, ladies and gentlemen, this is the man who brought my husband's killer to justice. Yeah. She was serving Mariah Carey on New Year's Eve. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> this is the man who brought my husband's killer to justice. <laughs> and he gets a round of applause. Yeah. Catwoman removes the wheels from the lorries delivering the face cream oh. and confronts Laurel in her office. 
rescuing Tom, who came to question Laurel after second thoughts about Patience's guilt in the process and revealing that Laurel is the one responsible for her death. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, <laughs> he says to her, you don't want to kill a cop. And she says, I'm a woman. I'm used to doing all sorts of things I don't want to do. Yeah. And then, which would, which in any other film they could have developed, yeah. and that could have been a really interesting part of the film. But and when Patience turns up, she says, "We're absolutely no life in a performance." Like how sweet. Thanks. Now I could kill you both. <laughs> well, don't force yourself. Fuck you <laughs> And then <laughs> I've just got a few bits of dialogue here because it was just it just got more ridiculous as it went on. <laughs> and. Uh, Patient says, I can't believe I ever trusted you. You're a fake. It was me you flushed down the pipes. I'm Patience Phillips. And then Laurel says, that's who's under there. They have a scrap for a bit. Um, Laurel stabs Patience with a piece I'm of sorry, glass. I'm sorry, they have a scrap for a bit. It goes on for fucking <laughs> ages. For it. And it's just literally just... Fucking Catwoman jumping out of nowhere, <laughs> kicking Sharon Stone, Sharon 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 Stone stumbling about after getting smacked, oh, 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 falling over. It's a little smack back, but then it's literally just watching Sharon Stone fall over for like mm-hmm. twenty five times. Yeah, fucking long, Gary. It felt fucking long. I know, but I mean, this is the longest we've ever spent. We've ever spent discussing a fucking single film on a podcast. But that's the problem. <laughs> this beauty cream has made her like marbles, so she actually can't get hurt. So she just fucking stumbles yeah, about. Constantly. Which is weird because she can't get hurt hurt now. Very shortly, she does get hurt. Yeah, out of nowhere. That is true. Um, <laughs> she says to patience, "You're gonna look like a cop killer. You wanted to save him." Honey, you couldn't save yourself. Game over. To which Patience says, guess what? It's overtime. (laughs) I really, I... I don't know what to say. Because I didn't even... It doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense. Laurel wasn't even her fucking boss. No. Well, I suppose technically she was. But she wasn't. George she, is her boss. Yeah, but she was part owner of the company. But it just make... Like, I don't get it. Patience had no interactions with Laurel. No. So, yeah. During the fight, um, she scratches Laurel... The, the rest of the fight, she scratches Laurel's face multiple times... Causing Laurel to fall out of a window and grab onto a pipe. Laurel sees her face in a window's reflection and horrified by her skin's rapid disintegration, uh, thanks to the scratches, she fails to grab hold of Patience's outstretched arm and uh, falls to her death doing lots of flips on the way down. Now, I say she fails to grab her arm. She doesn't. She doesn't even fucking try. She does a slight reach out, but once she looks in that fucking reflection, she is like, fuck this, I am not going to have scars on my face. And she decides to fall to her death in the most hilarious 
scene of anyone falling to their death in a film you'll ever see. Her flips are unbelievable. I have never seen anything like it. I will try and find a clip post on uh, on our social media. It is ridiculous. I mean, I know she's made of marble now, but her body... The rest of her body stays in one position with her arms out and her legs out and she does not... She is stiff. She is still... Still doing these flips. It's like she's doing a cartwheel. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, she falls to her death. So she'd rather die than be unattractive. Yeah. Sally gets herself a honky man. She finally gets that cock she wanted. She finally... Cock, cock. Cock, cock. And he's feeding her strawberries whilst re- while she's reading the newspaper. Patience gives I Feel Your Powers one of her paintings to say thank you. Oh, Sally gets a, a man, don't yeah. she? The doctor. Yeah. Why didn't you correct me there? It's me saying cop cop. It may have been a cop. He was a doctor. Who knows? Was he? That was the doctor. That was the one from the hot oh, Give me a fucking break. Yeah. Um, yeah, I Feel Your Powers. After all of the help she gave patients, she gets a painting in return. Oh, she does. And not even one of her good ones. I was like, oh, yeah, well, thanks for that. What uh, the fuck am I going to do with me. this? It's reminiscent of the old <laughs> Dutch masters. And although Patience is cleared of any charges made against her regarding the deaths of Slavicki and the uh, head heiress, as in uh, Laurel and George, she decides to end things with Tom by choosing to continue living outside the law and enjoying her newfound freedom as the mysterious Catwoman. So she walks away in front of the moon whilst the song plays with the lyrics, That's my girl. That's my girl. And that's Catwoman. Setting up for Catwoman 2. Yeah. Which we never got. Um, of course. Uh, thankfully, we never got. That's Catwoman. Um, yeah. That's cat shit. It is genuinely... I, I know it's a popular opinion and, you know, it's been said to death. We're not telling you anything new here, but it, it, it's genuinely one of the worst films ever made. It is. Because it really could have been good. Yeah. You have an established character in Catwoman. Why the fuck was she called Patience in this film? (laughs) You already... You have this character established. You have all aspects, you know, already there to just pick at. You know, you can just pick and choose whatever you want. Yeah. And, you know... It's people will recognize it, mm-hmm. but they make it into something completely different. They make it into a cat. It's just a cat. Like, yeah. what is this about? But you have this established character. You have a wonderful actress in Halle Berry, hot A list at the time. Mm-hmm. You have Sharon Stone, who's a great actress. Yes, yeah. and you, even the supporting cast. I mean the the. Love interest. He was in Miss Congeniality. Mm-hmm. I recognised him. Um, you you have all the ingredients there to make a great film. He was in Ugly Betty. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, he played the guy that she went out for dinner with when she had to have dinner with uh... <sighs> Vanessa Williams. Oh, okay. That's not true, but anyway. Who am I thinking of? 
You're thinking of someone else. Same oh, film? No. He was in Miss Congeniality. He was Sandra Bullock's love interest in Miss Congeniality. Was he? But he also played a cop. Oh, okay. Come on, typecast. <laughs> but and you had all we, wa- I, wait, we watched a film recently with that guy in it, and yeah. I can't remember what it was. Anyway. Karen. But you have all the ingredients to make a great film there, and it fails. And the biggest issue for me... And the, the acting is off. You can't say, you know... Oh, God, no. It's, it's awful. Um, but for me, the biggest problem is that script. Yeah. It's fucking awful. Yeah. And I know we, we could maybe be accused of taking stuff maybe a little too seriously. You know, when you're analysing a film, maybe I look too much into certain things. But the plot holes in this... A fucking massive. When you're given a hundred million dollars, exactly. When you're given a hundred million dollars, and you are released around the same time as you know these big budget superhero films that you're trying to compete with, you're trying to get your first ever, well, not first ever, but you're trying to get a big mainstream female superhero film out there. You know, there is no excuse for being this lazy and this messy. Yeah. And you know the editing as well. Not only have you got an overload of trash from the writing and the acting, the editing is un bearable yeah. someone sat there and watched us and said let's release it that is bizarre it's headache inducing that is absolutely bizarre and I in a serious note I, I can honestly say that this film probably set back female led yeah act, uh, you know superhero mm-hmm. films yeah for what best part of what 15 years but then yeah, but then you got Electra like the year after Easily as bad. Yeah. Easily as bad. Um, you know, it's like no one puts any effort into it. it yeah. No, they're like, okay. Well, it's it's just, just a time director. Just this. Well, no, no. I mean, you know, it's like they're like, oh, okay, just female superhero film, we'll just put it, throw it together, just, just throw put it out there, thing. whatever. And hope for the best. And yeah. it's so disappointing because, you know, Halle Berry, it hasn't set her career back. You know, she's still a big star and, and she's gone on to, you know, star in some great films. But potentially this could have actually killed her career yeah. out flat. Yeah. You know, flat outright. Yeah. You know, it really could have. And it would have been such a disappointment. Absolutely. It's an embarrassment. <laughs> if There's a good chance you've already seen it. Uh, loads of people have. We don't recommend it. <laughs> Um, I don't recommend spending three hours having to constantly pause so that you can write your notes. (laughs) I do recommend opening a bottle of Chardonnay and watching a shit film. Watch the best of clips. Yeah, and laughing at Sharon Stone doing cartwheels down uh, 50 flights. (laughs) We'll post it for you so you don't have to watch it. Yeah, it's true. So, if you're on social media, let us know. A, a few of you have already. Let us know. Um, I'll, I'll save until the end of the month, like I said I would. Um, but let us know what you think of Catwoman. Um, if there's miraculously anybody out there who actually thinks this is a good film, please tell us why. Uh, we're Horrorcult Trash over on Facebook and Instagram, Horrorcult Trash on Twitter. I'm DelightGaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GasCruise92 on Twitter. Um, I'm Chris Barker eight two three on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. And uh, if you are listening on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, throw some catnip our way. 
Uh, like and follow on everything else. Hey, I might need some uh, wrinkle cream after that. Yeah, give us some <laughs> bowline. Give us some bowline. <laughs> I've aged uh, ten we'll give, years. Give you a mailing address to give us some bowline. <laughs> um, next week, we're going over we're swapping from DC to Marvel, and we are discussing Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. <laughs> No, we are not discussing Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. We are discussing David Hasselhoff and royalty. Horror court trash of a royalty. The queen herself. The face of Renna Beauty. <laughs> Lisa Renna. Lisa Renna. Which is the sole reason why we're watching this film. It looks shit. Though, it, it looks like it could be more fun than Catwoman. But I am ready to live. We'll see. We'll we'll contact her people and see if we get her on as a guest. Um, can't Don't get anything. my hopes up. But yes, we will see you same time, same place next week. Bye.